does the way of the wicked prosper? I think people did it for the memes. I think they, you know, uh, looking for those sweet, sweet likes. The sight is beautiful to behold. After you are gone, they will still be here. Oh. I don't think we're allowed to say that, though. What are we talking about yeah. now? WFOD. I didn't say nothing. Wheelbarrow full of dicks. Oh. Begins. Really? <laughs> now. Pee-pee, Jody. Pee-pee. Pee-pee? Is that what you said? Sure. What if it's delicious? Take it all in, fellas. I've had this taste in my mouth before. Yeah, savor it. Really get in there. Jody, I don't hate this at all. Maybe smell it a little bit. Get a get a whiff. Swoosh it around a bit. Ooh, the aftertaste. I kind of like it. I gotta say, <laughs> it's not as bad as I thought it'd be. thing we call the dub fod my name is mike i am joined by my good friend the king of pranks the albino alligator popcorn bitch uh, the, the, the tang tycoon uh coach t jaguar impressive did i miss any travis i don't know did i i don't i can't think of any of that you'd missed guys we have a hell of a show for you coming up after the break we are going to be talking to uh deborah miscelli uh, she is known by her uh, WWE name, uh, Medusa Travis. Medusa. Medusa. She was a uh, she was a uh, uh, monster truck driver for a long time. Travis, award winning monster truck driver, uh, WWE mm. Hall of Famer, Medusa. She wrote a Very book. Very nice. Uh, looking forward to talking to her, Travis. I want to talk about this spite chocolate. Did you see the advertisement for the spite chocolate? I have not. Okay, so. Uh, Daily Wire, the, the Ben Shapiro and uh, all of his likes. Right. Uh, they've been doing this thing lately where if, if a company goes woke, Travis, they just make a competing brand for people to buy. Uh, and uh, apparently Hershey's Chocolate <laughs> was uh, doing some shenanigans. You know, they were they were uh, I think they had a trans in one of their commercials. Oh, no. And they say, you better not with your trans. <laughs> so they put out this commercial. I, I want to play you the commercial, Travis. And, and let me start off by saying the commercial's funny. Uh, sure. There's funny people on both Women's sides, Day is Mike. Upon us again. And I love an international woman. But our friends over at Hershey's, they don't even know what a woman is. They've hired a biological male to be the spokesperson for their Women's Day campaign. And they're calling that campaign, and I swear I'm not making this up, her she. Her she. It's humiliating. And it's the reason that I'm launching Jeremy's Chocolate. We have two kinds. She, her, and he, him. One of them's got nuts. If you need me to tell you which one it is, keep giving your money to Hershey's. But if you're tired of giving your money to woke corporations that hate you, and you're looking for a delicious chocolate bar from a company that actually wants your business, head over to IHateHershey's.com and order Jeremy's chocolate today. Now, Travis, you watch the commercial, and you say, ah, okay. Good one, Jeremy, right? Yeah, it's pretty, it's fu- it's pretty funny. Okay. Uh, you go to the website, the, the IHateHershey's.com or whatever it is, Travis. The candy bars are four for $25. That's pre-shipping. Um, what? So it's $6.25 per chocolate bar, Travis. Which is That's it, crazy. It's steep, Travis. It's really steep. <laughs> um, I, I want to play a game here, Travis. The website was up for 36 hours. How many chocolate bars did they sell? 
And this is Daily Wire proper. This was all across yeah. Daily Wire. Yeah. You have to buy four? You have to buy four. That's the minimum uh, for are $25. We, are we doing like an over-under? Is this a Price is Right rules? Just take a guess. How many do they sell? Uh, at least 5,000. 300,000 chocolate bars, Travis. <laughs> they made $1.875 million in 36 in hours selling Spike chocolate. That is genius. It's amazing, Travis. What you do is you watch the commercial and you say, yeah, pretty good. You don't buy the chocolate bars. Right. You, stupid? <laughs> you don't give them 25 bucks for shitty chocolate that's probably made... <laughs> At the same place they make the like Dollar Tree chocolate, right? Now I imagine they don't have a chocolate plant, so they no, of course not. Have some partnership with some it's outsourced. They guys. probably made the they had it's the labels probably made. Hershey's, Travis. Yeah. They probably just yeah. called up Hershey's and said, "Hey, you want to sell some uh, anti-Hershey stuff?" And they're like, "Will you give us money?" Well, sure, sure, we will. <laughs> Three hundred thousand ordered, please. Uh, yeah, I, it would be really easy to just buy a shit ton of Hershey's and remove that brown Hershey's wrapper and rewrap it. I believe that happens a lot, actually, for uh, like wedding little novelty trinkets and things where people just take those bars, and then they wrap it with their own like, oh, Jimmy loves Veronica <laughs> 2023, you know? Well, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's well known that a lot of those Walmart brands and stuff are just the other thing wrapped in the Walmart brand and sold for less. Yeah, uh, right. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a big fucking scam, Travis. How much are you buying a Hershey's bar for? A buck 50? Yeah, they're closer to two bucks, if not a little over now. And these are six plus shipping. Yeah, it's smart. I can't believe somebody wasn't capitalizing on this a long time ago. Instead of, like, getting your uh, weird conservative followers to smash Keurig coffee makers, <laughs> just make your own goddamn coffee maker and have them buy that. <laughs> Like this, I can't believe it's taken this long for one of these partisan news sites to capitalize on the hatred like that. You're selling the, ooh, we're mad at them for being woke thing, but you're not giving them an right. alternative. This is genius. Right. Uh, it's very smart. I, I mean, it's retarded. I shouldn't say retarded, but it is. It's pretty retarded that people are buying this. But if yeah. it works, who could blame them? If there's money to be made, people are going to be there to make the money. So uh, somebody was eventually going to do it. And kudos to these people for for doing that. And, I mean, everything that we see now is capitalizing on outrage and uh, people being upset about something. So, you know, why not uh, give people a piece of chocolate for an extreme amount of money? And make Amazon, Travis, they're selling donkey meat. Uh, I sent you the donkey meat story. Did you read the donkey meat story? It's pretty fun, right? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where it was, uh, wasn't it like uh, supplements or something that was the donkey meat was getting shoved into? Well, the Chinese, Travis, they're convinced that if they eat donkey meat, they're going to get rock hard boners and live forever. Yeah. It's just like when they used to like grind up tigers into like powder and shit. I think they It'd do like rhino horns, elephant tusks, uh, tiger cl uh, claws or some part of the tiger that it's just all powder, just snorted or make a tea. <laughs> it's probably all you just know. asbestos, Travis. Yeah. They say it's readily available probably in China. They say wiping out the donkeys, Travis, wiping out the donkeys in, in uh, Tanzania. They're hitting them with hammers. Because they can't kill donkeys fast enough to send to the goddamn Chinese. You imagine being that guy who's got to put in a 12-hour shift just smashing donkeys in the head like that's his only job. It's like it's like a conveyor belt and there's one guy that just hits donkeys in the head with a like a literal hammer. It's not like a, a contraption just smashing donkeys in the head yeah, and hearing just, them. You got and a then, claw hammer because we need 12 donkeys because we got to right. powder their asses. Because the Chinese think it's good for them. If you got young kids who can swing a hammer, bring them to, you know, we'll pay you guys by the day. You know, that's all. Yeah. Each month, Sophie Rue prepares herself a cup of Erjiao, a powder well known in China for its purported health benefits. Drinks, cakes, pills. There are many ways to consume this substance made out of gelatin from donkeys. So they're selling it on Amazon. People are pissed off uh, because uh, California has a law that you can't eat horses. And they say donkeys right. 
donkey's pretty much a horse. And uh, Amazon's, well, well, is it? Uh, but they're the only ones selling it. Walmart doesn't sell it. Nobody else sells it. Amazon sells it. And you can get it in California, even though uh, they say it's illegal, even though it's not. All those other retailers pulled it after the uh, blowback, right? Like if people were like, I can't, like, I think, wasn't it like a vegan or something that noticed that there was donkey powder yeah. In, yeah. in their supplement? And uh, like, no, a vegan was like, I thought this was herbs. Is turns out it's, it's powdered donkey ash, Travis. Then it made its way to California where it's like, hey, you can't eat horses. It's like, well, donkeys aren't horses. Fuck off. <laughs> they're almost going to be extinct. This is pure ajao. It doesn't taste nice. It's amazing that you can trick people into eating something that tastes like shit just by telling them it'll give them rock hard boners. Like, it yeah, doesn't even yeah. taste good, Travis. No, right. Yeah, that's the thing. It's at least you think they'd mix in a little bit of like the gelatin powder or something that they make like uh, out of horse, like for the gummy bears or like that they make jello out of something, something with some kind of sugary flavor, so just something, something to make uh, the donkey powder, donkey flesh powder not taste so bad. You spend $25, Travis, on some chocolate bars just to own the libs. Own the libs, 25 bucks and uh, spend $150 on some bullshit supplements that got uh, donkey flesh uh, caked in there. Sophie doesn't like the taste. But since it's a high-end product, it's good to be seen drinking it. It's a sign of wealth. Oh, so they're just as shallow and and uh, and ridiculous as we are here in the West. Yes. Yeah. No, they're oh, they're yeah. terrible. Uh, That's a worldwide thing is people being dumb as shit. Right. Right. So you no, I hate I hate this thing. But if people see me with it, they'll think I'm special. They say, hey, what you what you drinking there? Uh, I got some uh, powdered donkey ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're doing pretty good then, right? <laughs> you want to you want to share some of that drink that tastes fucking awful, uh, so that I can I can get a a, a, a glimpse of the good life. <laughs> yeah, that's how you make friends. It's like if, oh, if I just surround myself with this person who uh, drinks donkey powder, then uh, maybe that uh, success will rub off on me. I'm about to go upstairs and uh, spray paint my American Express card black, so people think I have a, a, a black an MX black. Travis, uh, Deborah Miscelli, she she was a, a WWE wrestler. She was in WCW. Well, no, she okay. So she was in WWF. WWF, baby, classic. That's the F. And WWF didn't have anything to do with her. This was back in the day, and there was like no other women wrestlers. So they keep having like bus in Japanese gals and stuff uh, because like they had her and nobody to feud with her. Yeah, because all the WWF had was ring ringside girls, right? Like it was like your macho man sidekick and those kind of things. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you didn't see women. And so she went to WCW because they were like, hey, we're going to get other women that you can wrestle with. And then she went and sure enough, they didn't have anybody for her to wrestle with. So I think at some point she just started wrestling dudes because they had this one awesome woman wrestler and nobody else to wrestle her. And so she went to Japan at some point. And then they call her up and they're like, hey, you want to drive monster trucks? And you know what the prerequisite is? I, I read this book, Travis. I've been reading uh, her book. It's called uh, The Woman Who Would Be King, The Medusa Story. Uh, it's out now. The website still says it doesn't come out till March 28th. But she says people are ordering it and getting it. So uh, I guess that's a lie. But uh, so the prerequisite to drive a monster truck is getting people willing to drive monster trucks, Travis. Hmm. Like you got to have two hands and two feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like they called her up and said, Hey, you want to drive a monster truck? And she goes, I don't know how to drive monster trucks. And they're like, so do, do you know how to drive a regular car? <laughs> <laughs> Come on over. So, yeah, no, it, 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 she told a story in the book about, uh, uh, going to a strip club with macho man, Randy Savage. And, uh, guys, spoiler alert, the interviews already happened. I, I kind of wanted, wanted to ask her about it, but I also just kind of wanted to know, okay, so like you're in the car with Macho Man, Randy Savage, and he sees a strip club and he says, I want to go in that strip club. Like when you're in the car with him, is he talking in his normal voice? And then like you get out of the car and go into the strip club and then he's probably the Macho Man, right? Ooh, slap my Slim Jim. So like he's probably Mr. Poffo in the car. And you're just talking to him. 
like a normal. You don't person. think he's got a little bit of the grate in the back of his throat when he's talking to you normal? Well, I think he probably just does the. Oh God, yeah. You know, he uh, just kind of talks like this, but then like you get the full bore. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. How do you do that all the time? I don't know. Holy shit! <laughs> You'd have to practice, right? Say what you will about like warming up your voice to sing or something. Yeah. Just imagine having to do this all the time. Oh, I hope they have a continental breakfast at the Ooh. hotel. I want to go into that strip club. You know what I'm saying? Hey, driver, pull over there at the titty twister. So they go into the strip club, and then he, I, I imagine once you're in public, you have to do the macho man thing. Because well, of course, like, he's going to have to throw his hands around. Yeah, because you're living the gimmick. Right. Like, you don't want people to see you not being macho man. You have to be macho well, man all the time. Plus, it's probably the easiest way for him to get laid in a strip club is to go, you know, full bore macho man. Don't you know who I am? Hey, hey, madness. Hey. You try to keep your your teeth clenched. I think it helps with it, Travis. Yeah, you sure talk does. like this, and then it, it helps if you try to keep your teeth clenched. Ah, man, I can't do that anymore. I'm gonna have. To, I don't have enough uh, liquid here to settle my throat down after doing it. Travis, what we're gonna do? We're gonna take a break. When we come back, uh, Medusa is gonna be here. We're gonna talk about monster trucks and wrestling and all kinds of good stuff. Oh, I can't wait, brother. Aunt Jemima has been a staple in American kitchens since 1890. Though the character isn't a real person, like the Kool-Aid Man or Tony the Tiger, she was designed by a white man to sell you pancakes. Us here at Quaker Oats have read the room and decided now was the time to usher in a new era. Nobody's tapping trees out here like Uncle Travi. With Uncle Travi's tree jizz, you won't have to worry about any racist stereotype on the bottle. Just the sweet, sticky goo you'll be squeezing out of <coughs> All part of an unproblematic breakfast. Looking for the perfect gift for your young ones? Look no further. Dixco presents the Mike Moore doll. This 10-inch hero will complement the collection of kids young or old. I keep it in the box so it retains its value. Hashtag Team Mike. You can pose him. You can move his mouth. Or you can dress him up in lady clothes. It's your doll. We aren't going to tell you how to use it. His narcissism is so lifelike. The Mike Moore doll even includes three classic Mike scenes. We have a great show tonight, guys. I like feet. Eat lead, Cobra. Don't miss your opportunity to own a mic of your own. Go to WFODicks.com and get one today. Supplies are limited. Act now. Can it, everyone. You too, bat dog. I am Medusa. Always have been Medusa. And always will be Medusa. This is the WW Women's Championship belt. Whoa. Wait a minute, what? Look. That indeed it is. Trash can. And that's what I think of the WW Women's Championship belt. This is the WCW. I am now in the WCW. And they used to call me a Lunder Blaze, but not anymore. Because this is where the big boys play, and now this is where the big girls play. Holy smokes! Medusa, the WW Women's Championship in the belt right here on Nitro. The belt in the trash can on Nitro. I tell you what, I'm in shock. Oh, seat covers just got sucked wow. up on that one in Connecticut, didn't wow. they? Wow! Once again, WFOD. Wheelbarrow full of dicks.
guys, welcome back. Our guest tonight is a WWE Hall of Famer, a Monster Jam champion, and an author. Her memoir is called The Woman Who Would Be King, The Medusa Story. It's available now in bookstores. Deborah Maselli is on the program. So I've, I've been reading your book, and the, the thing that's terrified me so far is learning <laughs> that they don't really do any kind of training or anything to put you behind the wheel of a monster truck. Well, they, they didn't when I was there for the first 20 years, you know. <laughs> they just kind of called you yeah. up and said, hey, we think you'd enjoy this and just gave you the keys. Yeah, there are no keys, but yeah. Oh, yep. There are no keys. Yeah, and you get, get in from the bottom of it. I think Gravedigger was the only one that actually had a door, per se. Mm -hmm. Was that ju That was just a style thing, I guess? Yes, it was like a Willie-style truck body style. Mm -hmm. you, you you mentioned yeah. Bigfoot. It, it, did you used to compete against Bigfoot? I, against, and I also drove for them. You drove mm -hmm, for, for Bigfoot? Yes. Uh, Bigfoot used to live by me. I used to yeah, pass but, him all the uh, time. St. Louis? In St. Louis, yeah. Uh, they moved him not yeah. too long ago. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yep, they got a new spot. D did you ever visit where Bigfoot lived? Uh, yes, I've, I've, I've been out there, and they have a condo down here at Santa Maria Island and stuff, and so, and they love Harleys, and yeah, they're good people, very good family people, very good family people. Huh, yeah, it, I always drove by Bigfoot several times a day, because I live like two blocks from him, so. Did you ever go in? No, I never went in. I, I, I could see him from the <laughs> exit ramp, and it was just, it, it was a reminder, oh, I'm home, because... I got to see a Bigfoot. great landmark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great landmark. But who would have thunk 20 years later, here you are speaking to someone and that would have been, you know, would have come in handy. Yeah. I went in there. I got in the truck. I experienced it. Yeah. That was yeah. That, I, you could just go in there. I didn't know you could. I guess I didn't. Well, I believe. Yeah. I believe it was, um, you know, it was open to the public and you can, you know, come in the shop and you can buy a little, merchandise and trinkets and you can probably see the truck in the you know in the uh um in the not the well there's a warehouse there too and everything but yeah in the bin getting fixed yeah they were pretty pretty amazing people you were in nursing school and how, how did you get into wrestling because i i don't think that that was really something you had on your bucket list or anything you just kind of got moved into it no right? i yeah it was you know just like any young person you're trying to figure out what you want to do and you're putting yourself through school or college and you know i chose nursing and so i wanted to be a nurse and then i was introduced to some people in the entertainment business and fast forward i got into pro wrestling of all things so i always said i used to mend bones and then i broke them did you do anything with the nursing or I guess this just kind of took you in a different direction and you didn't. Yeah. Completely took me in a different direction. Yep. Yeah. I just, and yeah, never just, I, I just stepped right into wrestling and went, wow. And, and then they kind of swept you off to Japan, which I guess they, they took rest, uh, women wrestling more seriously there. And, and you did that for a pretty long time, right? The wrestling in Japan was sought out to be, you know, the best back then. And if you were even asked, it was an honor. And so when I stepped into wrestling and I did my diligence beforehand and figured out what all of this was and knowing what I was up against and what I, you know, what am I getting into? I knew that that was a goal of mine that I was going to fight for. And I did. And so going over to Japan and I knew that, um, they were serious. They started girls at 14 years of age, 16 years of age, and um, worked them hard. And uh, it was a very eye-opening experience, but my heart will always be there. It was, it's a, it was amazing and helped hone my craft and uh, develop into the person and the woman that I am today, you know, as far as the wrestling field. Absolutely. It, it seems amazing. like your personality is you kind of just go all in. When when you're presented well, with an opportunity, you give it your all. <laughs> why not? Right. Why? No. Why not? Absolutely. Why go half ass? Yeah. I, I don't see the. I, I wouldn't see 
why you'd step into something half ass if you're not going to. Right. But I mean, know, you'd be surprised at how many people do. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, some people, you know, a, a, as far as a different expression would be, you know, they're taking the job because they need to provide for their family, sure. you know, so they, they make do. And so to make it in more proper terms and not put anybody down in any decision that they need to make at that time. However, I just didn't give a shit. I just didn't get, I, I was balls to the wall. And I just said that, you know, when I make a decision and I make a decision, I go for it and whatever I'm up against, I am going to continue till I can go through that brick wall. And, um, you know, as many times I've been told, no, um, I found a way respectfully and I became louder, not, not hard to handle, which when women became vocal, we were tuned in as hard to handle back in those days. And, you know, we were uh, looked at differently because we were, you know, asking for more and then, you know, we were difficult. And so I was feeding off of that, that, you know, women have, um, it was a very different time than it is today. Right. Um, and, and so we had to fight in different ways. Uh, we, we, so when you came back to the States, did you come back to the States because you were homesick or did you come back to the States because you wanted to kind of make women's wrestling more of a thing here? Like, did you have like trailblazing in mind or did it just kind of work out that way? When I came back to the States, I had more culture shock than I did going over to Japan. When I left the States, I didn't have anything here to lose. I didn't have, you know, siblings. I didn't, you know, I barely had a, even a childhood life. So I was all in. Coming back to the States, I I was shocked. I was shocked by, I mean, I love America and I'm a proud American and I will, I'd fight for our country. However, coming back, I just really learned a lot. I learned about how loud we are, how arrogant and how boisterous Americans can be. <laughs> Uh, and um, I was like pretty like, wow. And I knew that being in an entertainment business that our uh, fans rotate like every two to, you know, maybe three years at that. And I knew that being over there for like three years, I needed to get back to the States and my contract was three years over in Japan. So knowing that I had to come back to the States, I wanted to facilitate and put everything that I learned and put it into an American style and come back with this Japanese flair and just blow people's mind. And that's exactly what I did. And so when I came back, I was very fought after that, you know, people wanted to hire me. They wanted me in their independent, you know, league or their or WCW. And then I got called to WWF at the time, which is WWE now. And, um, it was an honor. And so we really didn't have a woman's roster in WWE. There wasn't women. I was the roster. So they would bring <laughs> women in. For that's, me to that's what it seems like is you didn't were. really have anybody to feud with. No, not really. So I later said, look, we need to start bringing in the Japanese women yeah. and get this back on the map. And boy, they did. And that was some of the most memorable times. I, I haven't ever finished the books yet, yet, but I did see some stuff on YouTube where you're, you're fighting Chris Benoit and other guys, did they eventually just have you start fighting guys? That was in WCW, but, you know, and then again, you know, going to WCW, I was promised, you know, let's have a women's roster. We're going to build it around you. You're a great role model, blah, blah, blah. You know, you hear all this yeah. uh, hot air from, from the men in that time. And that's all it was. And again, not following through. So again, I was up against another machine um, fighting for this. Didn't like, you know, where women's wrestling was going, they were, we were heading in an era that was called the attitude era where it was just tits and ass. And sure. I, you know, I was, I was just a woman's wrestler, damn it. You know, and I, I believe in sexism. I believe that there's beauty within everything, but when it's pushed to the limit, I, I, I just, I didn't see why women were marketed that way. And yeah. if that was the only way that they were thought of, I just, I, I wasn't having it. So I knew that my time was coming and it was ready to retire. And I knew I was, you know, I wanted to put in my retirement to WCW at that time is around 99. And I said, I'm out. 
peace out because I'm not here to do evening gown matches or bra. I mean, this is, you know, I'm sorry. This is not what I signed up for. So, um, and kudos to the women that chose to stick around and do that because it wasn't easy. You oh, know, yeah. it was just I mean, all the misogynist crap. And it just, it was very, it was very. Well, like, uh, as, it, as a 40-year-old man, I can look back at it now and say, yeah, that was all pretty gross. But as a teenager, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I call it a opera and I, the I guess, first yeah, couple roles were... were the first couple rows were nothing but men and gyrating hips. So, I mean, hey, it's sold tickets, sex sells. But I, I'm not saying or putting down any of the women that chose because, again, people make choices. You have choices. And I chose not to do it. And, I mean, and it doesn't make me any worse. It doesn't make them any worse if they stuck around. You know, people, you've got to do what you got to do. Right. So it circles back to that conversation we were having about men that, or people that just need to choose a job. And because they need to provide, there's nothing wrong with it. But I chose not to. In the book, you said that everybody had to pay for their own outfits. Is that still true? I'm not sure. Every con- contract is different. Yeah. Um, so I can't speak for others. Um, but I knew that, I mean, I knew I had to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, That's... Yeah, and they're not cheap. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. I can only imagine like what Ric Flair's robe budget is or something like that it, it's got to be well they started around five grand just for a robe probably just want to be t-shirt and jeans guy that would probably be great if your gimmick was just that. well well, if that's your gimmick then it'd be cheaper <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so i i wanted to ask you about wrestling when you're out in the world is it kind of like you you go in and out of being a method actor. Like you, you, you mentioned that, you know, you, you spent time with like macho man, Randy Savage and stuff and, and went out in public in him. So like when you're in the car with him, is he just talking normal? And then you get out of the car and somebody walks up to you and then he, he just like goes right into it. Yeah. There are some, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, some, some entertainers don't ever stop out of, you know, just, they never step out of their character and they live it 24 seven. And a lot of those people are not here today. And I don't, I, I just, if you were to come into the house, you would never know or knew what I've done. I've never hung a picture. I've never put up anything. You'd never know that I drove a monster truck or wrestled. So because you're not, you're not sentimental about any of it. You just. Absolutely. I'm sentimental. Yeah. I, I have my, you know, I have my stuff and, you know, I don't need to be or have things on a wall, a wall but I, there are very sentimental, sentimental things to me. Absolutely. I'm like my husband, um, 31 year uh, army veteran, command sergeant major. And he, um, whenever he come or came home after he retired, I mean, the first thing he would take the uniform and become dad, become husband. And I just always believed in separating my life from my professional life from my personal life. Huh. But some people it just insane. It kept me who I am today. You did know? it all the time. And is that exhausting to be around people doing that? What's exhausting? Uh, being people that kind of live the gimmick. They, I mean, it, it, it can be because you, you begin to wonder who they really are. Um, even though they're, um, you know, they're amazing people, sweet people, kind people, yeah. but then they're very, you know, you don't know where that breaking point is, you know, you don't know who that person is and, um, so you know, you, just you, knowing some of them and knowing some of their relationships, it was very difficult. So you kind of have a friendship with like a cartoon character. You, you're not even like really talking to a person. You're talking to like a manifestation. I'm not saying that that is what happened to me, but I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, experiencing some of it, I can see that it would be become redundant and I, it could be difficult. Yeah. Are you, you Twitch streaming pretty regularly? Is that your... What, what, what you're doing now most of the time? I am doing a lot of things. And um, my whole life, I've always, as you say, just dive in and right. go for it. Correct. So um, 
if I'm not grooming animals or I'm life coaching or if I'm not twitching and gaming on Twitch. Now, what else do you do during a pandemic unless, you know, have lots of sex with your partner, my husband, or (laughs) decide to game, you know, you, so, you know, thank God for these younger kids that, you know, that are very uh, privy to um, all of today's technology. So um, I just opened up my Apple laptop. And I had the camera on and I bought all of my, uh, all of my hardware and my techie friends and kids, um, all of my mods helped me put it all together through the camera of the laptop as I laid on the floor and put on my tower together, my screens together, um, everything. And so I became a gamer. Now, Back in the day, I used to play Pac-Man and Centipede. (laughs) So, I mean, I really, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And so I really took to it and my fan base grew and it's just, it's become a part of me. So I used to game three days a week. Of course, that was during the pandemic. And as things picked up, I went down to two days. Now I'm down to one day a week because my schedule is so crazy. So at least, yeah, I still keep. Um, yeah, once a week. I, Wednesdays. I spent a lot, many a time, uh, many a quarter on uh, Pac-Man at the uh, Dine-In Pizza Hut back in the day. <laughs> right. You go to the Dine-In Pizza Hut, you bring uh, the whole pocket full of quarters, and, and you uh, ignore your family. That's a good time. Uh, <laughs> where I, I get so the book comes out March twenty eighth. It's called "The Woman Who Would Be King: The Medusa Story." Is there a specific place you would want me to send people like uh, just Amazon or do you have like a preferred publisher the, or um, website the, or something? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the book is already out. It came out like almost a month ahead of the date. So people have already ordered it. There are, it's already in their hands. Oh, um, You can catch. Yeah. It's, I mean, what a fantastic publisher ECW press. Um, publishing company out of Canada. Um, you can get it on their website as well. But um, basically, you get it on Amazon. You can order it any from anywhere. And I mean, by the looks of it, everyone is getting it within a week or less. So um, I'm just I mean, the reviews are great. Um, people are loving it. And I just thank God, because, you know, when you're writing a biography, you're peeling back an onion. And not only is that an experience reliving a few things yeah. and have to you know, go back and revisit a few things that you've pounded down and wanted to forget. You just also are opening up your life and you're becoming vulnerable. And I think it's okay. You know, it's all right. The the basic takeaway I want from the book would be, you know, for it to be inspiring and, and motivating and to let the ones know that, you know, that you can be heard and you just, you know, it, it, that it should you know, hopefully help somebody. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great story. It's very well written. It, it took a long time to write too. It said that you, uh, kind of picked it up and put it down <laughs> over, over like, decades, yeah. right? Oh my gosh. Over decades, intermittently back and forth, back and forth for, you know, 40 years. And then finally it came to fruition. So, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, Greg Oliver had to put up with me for a year and a half <laughs> going back and forth. And I it definitely, you know, be an OCD myself and just want to make sure everything is articulate and make sure everything is just fact checked and just, yeah, because today everyone's going to, you know, the way the internet is, people are yeah. going to go back and check and, you know, whatever, there you are. It's all fact checked. <laughs> Find it all on YouTube. It's all buried in there somewhere it's pretty much pretty much but i've been pretty uh, not i'm very active on social media but i'm not i'm i i've never revealed my personal life so much like i don't need to put out a letter like i I just broke up with my boyfriend and i want you all to know type of thing i mean i mean there's a i just don't ever understand that i just feel that your personal life is your personal life and i've been that it's probably probably the the way to go yeah keep your private life private sure i mean if if, yeah but now (laughs) yeah yeah it is now nowadays it kind of seems like we know way too much about everybody like i I don't i don't need that's true yeah i don't need to know 
about uh, you know like a what John Cusack's political leanings are. Just uh, play your character. Yeah, no, and I, then I understand. Go home. You. Yeah, I understand. I, I do, and I, I I side with you on that. That you know, I want to enjoy somebody because of what I pick to enjoy about them. You know, and Meryl Streep and all of these great actresses. I've I've enjoyed them because they were great actresses. Right. You know, or you know, or the or I or this person or that person, and I just. What you do on the back end, if you're not hurting me or other people, that's that's cool. Just continue to do what you do. That why people love you, you know, and um, you know, and keep in your own, keep in your lane, keep in your circle. Unless you're an advocate or a political leader, and you know, and you want to help voice, and then power to that too. Right. I mean, if you, if you have something to help. motivate or inspire somebody, then sure, put it out there. Uh, yeah, but it, arguing yeah. with people on Twitter every day—that's probably not the way to go. Well, I mean, Good. nowadays, I mean, if you're going to say something, make sure you have a Twitter a, a Twitter army to back up your ass <laughs> because you're you're going to jail. <laughs> uh, too but, much. Uh, and what, then, what's your uh, yeah. what's your Twitter handle or something that I can send people to follow you? Everything is Medusa M A D U S A. If it's you, just go to Medusa.com and. Um, if you go to medusa.com, everything's on there. You'll see all of my social media handles. Everything's on there. You can see everything on my website, where I'm at, where I'm going, what's happening, where, where, where I'm gaming. And it's just medusa.com, M-A-D-U-S-A, made it the USA, baby. No, <laughs> medusa.com. <laughs> it was nice meeting all right. you. All right. I, I, thank you. You too, sir. I appreciate you. Have a thank good day. You, you too. Charles at Medusa. Medusa. She's a uh, Twitch streaming now. You follow her on Twitch. Watch her play video games. What is her favorite video game? Did you ask her? What's she playing? Uh, so we we kind of bonded a little bit, Travis. We talked about uh, uh playing uh, the old Pac-Man machines in dine-in pizza huts. Oh yeah, the sit down, sit down Pac-Mans. She's older like us, Travis. Yeah, yeah, bunch of old decrepit fucks like us. <laughs> <laughs> so Travis. Um, uh, former, it was actually on Twitter, a uh, former guest of the show, Tripper Clancy, uh, tri- tipped me off to this on Twitter. Uh, he s- sent out a thing. I-, I found this website. It's called, uh, signaturepro-design.com, Travis. And so on signaturepro-design.com, what you can do is, is like, if you have bad handwriting, Travis. Oh, mine's horrendous. You can pay a calligrapher to design you a really fancy signature and teach you how to do it. Um, so, so like you can be an individual and flash your stuff by getting somebody else to teach you how to be an individual, Travis. That doesn't seem right. Uh, is that going to come bite you in the ass when they have to like analyze handwriting in a, like a suicide note or something. And it's really like a murder. <laughs> So uh, I, you go to the website, Travis, there's, there's a couple of different tiers and there's testimonials. Do you want me to tell you about the tiers or do you want to hear one of the testimonials? Really quick, how can there be tiers if it's just teaching you? Go ahead, tell me the tiers. Okay, so there's three tiers. Uh, the standard tier is normally $170, but 
but it's on sale for 85. Uh, and you can work with a calligrapher and a personal manager. Uh, and they'll give you three options and three edits. And they send you a video that shows you like how to do the strokes to make your, your fancy new signature so that you can really stand out, Travis. Seems really obnoxious just to sign your name on something. Uh, so, I mean, look, what, what you do, Travis, is you, you get a piece of paper, you sit down at the kitchen table, and you try some shit out until you find something you like, right? And who, when is the last time that you saw somebody's signature and you were like, ooh, what a good signature? <laughs> so, is, is that happened in the history of your life? Yeah, you no, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a handwriting snob, Travis. Are I've you? seen signatures that I thought were cool before. Uh, Want to see my signature? I'll show it to you in the camera real quick. Okay. Your listeners aren't going to be able to see this. There it is. It's just a couple of squiggles. Yeah, it's. Uh, I signed my name so many times in a day, and I just did it again. I signed my my name so many times in a day that my name has become kind of a a T with like a diagonal top, and then like a squiggly line uh, right after that. Can you see mine? That's mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got a nice little uh, design to that. When I used to think back when I was like uh, 15, 16, that I was going to grow up to be like a comic artist and I yeah. would be signing my name a lot, I did have a really cool signature. I actually had a couple of di different versions. I had like an actual signature and then I had like a Todd McFarlane. You've seen Todd McFarlane's signature, haven't you? Creator of Spawn. Probably, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it kind of drops down. Big T drops down or whatever. It's, yeah. Anyway, so I had a couple of different versions of that. And then when I joined the corporate world and uh, started working for a living, realizing that all of my dreams uh, were garbage and would never come true and uh, all of the creativity <laughs> and life got sucked out of me and I had to sign a bunch of bullshit documents that had to be retained for multiple years. Uh, my name, be, my, my signature became a uh, scribble. So, Travis, I guess for you, this doesn't seem stupid because you're talking about how you think you should have a cool signature uh, for if your you brand. If you were some sort of artist that would be signing autographs and things, or if you'd be signing your work, right? Like if you're an artist and would be signing your name, then yeah, sure. Okay. But I think if you're an artist, you can probably design your own signature. So next tier, the optimal is pretty much the same thing, uh, except you get 10 options and they give you both an everyday signature and a special occasion signature. And that one is normally $240 on sale for 120 are there really people who sign their name regular and then special occasion? I, I guess, Travis, maybe like, you know, if, if you're signing documents. That's regular. Yeah. I, and then the, there's Premiere where, Travis, you don't just get a calligrapher. You get the chief calligrapher. <gasps> and you get what are unlimited their, what, options and unlimited edits, Travis. Please tell me what their uh, credentials are to be the chief Calligrapher. You know, from the best I can tell, Travis, you know what it means to be the chief calligrapher? They were there the longest? You're on SignatureProDesign.com, and they say that you're the chief calligrapher. Uh, I yep. think that's that's their qualifications. Travis. They make like an extra 10% on their salary or something? Yeah, like maybe uh, these other calligraphers. By the way, there's six employees, and they're all chicks in their 20s, which is they what you would expect. They went to college on a four-year degree for some weird liberal, liberal arts degree, and they right. had nothing they could do, but they had good handwriting. So this is what <laughs> this is how they pull together. And the chief calligrapher Travis, she has really good handwriting. Yeah, this is like a this is like a Voltron situation where it's like a bunch of twenty-somethings with garbage degrees that they can never do anything with, and they don't want to work at Starbucks. Voltron together <laughs> to create this bullshit website to try to trick idiots into like paying for somebody to design their signature. So this one is normally six hundred dollars, Travis, on sale for three hundred dollars. And mm. like, if you give them three hundred dollars, I imagine all six of them get in a room and they just do a whole bunch of signatures for you. And this, yeah. which one you it's like? like the, I feel like if you pay for that, it's uh, it's almost like that uh, that uh, meme that a uh, bunch of monkeys in a room with a typewriter. <laughs> Holy shit! This guy gave us three hundred dollars. <laughs> We're skipping we gotta, lunch. We gotta come together here. <laughs> I got a couple good uh, testimonials here for you, Travis. Let's hear them. So I just shared a signature to my story. Like, if anybody knows me, they know that I have terrible handwriting and my signature is hideous. So I actually decided with my business, I use my signature a lot on contracts and things like that. And so I reached 
out to Signature Pro and they helped me design the cutest calligraphy um, so cute. signature. And the cool thing about it is I get a PNG file that I can use, but they also send the coolest little video showing how to move your pen and how to write it yourself. So now here's to hoping I'm going to have a cute signature moving forward. You should check them out. I feel like this is, is adult people paying a kindergarten teacher <laughs> teach him how to write their name. Now, Travis, I recommend you seek this guy out because it's like an Asian gentleman who has the most obnoxious mustache you've ever seen. Oh, like nice. it goes way the fuck out. Yeah. Like he spends way too much time on this mustache, Travis. So I want you to picture this, an Asian man with a crazy mustache when I play this. What's going on, everyone? Y'all know it is Alberto, the mustache realtor with Simply Vegas. So I just want to do a quick shout out to Signature Pro for making me a dope customized signature that I'm able to use for my electronic signatures and for me to go ahead and start having a nice signature on wet ink. What's dope about what they did, you guys, from Signature Pro is they made a tutorial that you're able to go ahead and practice this signature. Let me show you. Right? So being able to have a nice professional signature, that just sets it all off for you guys in another whole category of branding yourself. So shout out to Signature Pros. I definitely recommend you guys go ahead and contact them because... Hey, Travis, it doesn't set you apart. Nobody cares about your <laughs> signature. Travis, this what happened here was all of these broads who didn't want to work at Starbucks, who had decent handwriting, happened to know like some weird Asian DJ with a big mustache and happened to know somebody who made like like uh, custom baby reusable diapers, who was the first broad that was the testimony. And they're like, hey, could you like pretend like it's a big deal? that we made you a nice signature for your business. And then they had them do the testimonials. Name a situation where you acquire someone's signature before you're interested in their brand. Like before you give a shit about what it is they do. Oh, so are you like saying like, Name the opposite of people seeing a signature and then being interested in the brand because yeah, that no, I mean, like if happen. you're signing them to a contract, Right. You already care. Right. If you're asking for their autograph, you already care. Yeah, if I'm but if I'm behind them at the bank and they're signing their deposit slip <laughs> and I just see how amazing their signature is and I sign them to a long-term contract in whatever business I'm in because their signature is so nice. This is literally one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. I'm glad I got you back on my side, Travis, because I thought for a minute there it was going to be hard to convince you when you were talking about Todd McFarlane and stuff, Travis. But if you're asking for Todd, Todd McFarlane's autograph, you don't care if it's good. You already want it. You already, you already want, want it because he's fucking Todd McFarlane. Yeah. You should see Rob Liefeld's signature. It's horrible. <laughs> but it's Rob Liefeld's signature. You hey, know what I mean? He can't draw feet, Travis. Right. Rob or Liefeld. sign his name. Maybe he needs signature pro. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to. I almost kind of want to see what they come up for me, Travis. That's the shitty thing about this is it's such a dumb idea that you hate that you almost want to spend the $80 on sale to have them do one for you. That's what it is, Travis. All of this stuff is spending money for stupid reasons. <laughs> this is this is four chocolate bars for $25. <laughs> See, now, if I could pay the $25 so that people I hate don't get chocolate bars. I like that. That's better, too. Like, just pay a hobo to, to like, wait outside a gas station for somebody to have a chocolate bar and then smack, smack it, out, it of out of their hands. hands. No chocolate for you. Or I would pay the $4 or the $25 for four chocolate bars that has a nicely designed signature that the signature pros have created for me on it that I could eat. Combine the business. Combo meals, Travis. Right. Uh, each yeah, one well, has like a gold leaf signature that you can practice at home. Get you some tracing paper and figure out how to do it yourself. Yeah. Or it's merch, right? Like you got, you give me these chocolate bars with my sweet ass signature on it. That's merch. I send that out to our listeners with a copy of Bone Jangles on DVD. <laughs> Travis, are you going to sign Bone Jangles? I will sign Bone Jangles. Somebody just needs to DM Travis, say you want Bone Jangles and you want it signed. You'll get the, the it looked just like a, like a tea 
and like a like a it's like a uh, I don't like it. it. Looks like a wobbly sideways H almost, Travis. Travis, your See? signature, your signature sucks. I need signature pros. <laughs> that that's I, I think we probably convinced people to do it, Travis. Now, Travis, what I can tell you, and we should have mentioned this earlier. Um Patreon, there's stuff happening on it now. Like if if you've been on the Patreon all this time. You haven't gotten anything, and sorry, but now we've we've dabbled a little bit. You know, yeah. we're we're not great at keeping to our our uh, plans. So but the, now the way that it's going to work is, I shouldn't upload episodes on our feed at dumb times. I need to just have a time that episodes come out at. But I consistency. Get episodes, I get yeah yeah consistently episodes are going to be available for you on Monday mornings. Going forward for the free, you're not going to miss an episode. It's not going behind a paywall, but if, if you like the old way of getting the episodes, when I finish them, then on the Patreon, you'll get them when I finish them. I'll post and that's them. for as little as $1 a month yeah, on uh, patreon.com slash. So, uh, full disc Travis, your, your video just dropped off. There you I'll go. So, uh, full disclosure, the episode that we're doing right now uh, won't come out for three weeks because we're 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 ahead. And we're banking like crazy. We're we've been monster podcasters lately. We've had guest after guest. It's yeah. amazing. We're we're having fun. We're doing episodes, but we're only going to put out one a week. We're not going to do the double dick week anymore because I'll tell you what, Travis. When I put out two a week, people won't don't listen to them. Yeah, because they they listen on the day they listen, and. If one comes out in the middle, they skip that one. Yeah. They're like, I'm not listening to that. Or if they do listen to it, they you're like, yeah, whatever. There's they 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 they, f they feel like it's one whole entire episode instead of two separate right. episodes. So uh yeah. If if you if you subscribe to the Patreon, you get the episodes when they come out. Uh the uh the Tobolowski episode from a couple weeks ago, Travis, that was out like a week and a half before yeah. it showed up. And you never know. It, it all depends on uh, how Mike's diligence because sometimes he get really gets in the mood on working on multiple episodes at a time. You could get three episodes in a week. Not saying that that's going to happen. Don't count on it. <laughs> right. But it could. But yeah, no, like I, I have three right now, Travis. Yeah. And uh, if I get those done, I'm going to post them. And then like, you know, they'll just trickle out every Monday uh, until we're cut. We could probably take a month off at this point. We probably won't, but we could. Yeah, we won't. Well, we definitely could. I think, yeah. yeah, we're we're pretty well stocked up here, and we're not slowing down, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, just a, a little house cleaning there, Travis. I wanted to tell people about that because we don't do a very good job of telling people about, like, our our business stuff. Right, you know? right. And that's that's I think that's the first in the line of things that maybe we'll be hitting our Patreon page. Um just because we have been so diligent in, in, in cranking, cranking some stuff out and talking to some really cool people, you never know. There might be extras on Patreon coming soon. But first of all, uh, thank you to the people who have been supporting us and uh, come join us. Get some early episodes and maybe some new freebies uh, in the future. So, Travis, picks of the week. Yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to, to oh, you go first. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit behind because we are so far ahead, but uh my pick of the week this week is uh, Chris Rock's new Netflix special, uh, Selective Outrage. Uh, just watched that baby last night. Chris Rock, it was nice to see Chris Rock as Chris Rock again, right? Instead of that weird zebra in Madagascar or <laughs> whatever else nonsense he's been doing, you know, being in Adam Sandler movies like Grown Ups and shit, too. It's like it's nice to see Chris Rock back on his stand up roots. Uh, There's some very funny stuff in there. Uh it wasn't hilarious all the way through. I will, you know, say that in advance, but there was some really good stuff in there. Uh, so Chris Rock's new comedy special is my pick of the week. Travis, I haven't watched the new uh, Chris Rock special. Looking forward to watching it. Uh, have it queued up to watch. Haven't watched it yet. So uh, it, it'll be there for you whenever you want it, Mike. That's the beauty of Netflix. Travis, a uh, pick of the week is the uh, 1979 film Roller Boogie, which uh, my, I like Roller Boogie. My my wife alerted me to recently. It's older. Uh, you might have a hard time tracking it down, uh, but uh, Roller Boogie is amazing. Uh, 
it's we we were watching it in uh, ten minute increments, Travis, uh, over the course of like a week or two. Is that all they had on YouTube? Like every clip, clip no, was ten minutes. No, just the way we were doing it. We were setting an alarm. We were watching ten minutes of it, and then we were turning it off. And then we watched ten more minutes the next day. Uh, but yeah, a Roller Boogie starring uh, so you- Linda Blair and uh, Jim Bray, Travis. Which I think Jim Bray is just like a really good uh, roller skating man. Linda Blair probably got naked in that. Am I right? She did not. No. Oh, really? No, but if you know something that she does, let me know. Uh, She's naked in a lot of stuff. Okay, good. Uh, One of my favorite Linda Blair movies, I think we might have discussed this. She was in The Exorcist, wasn't she? Yeah, she was a kid in The Exorcist. Uh, One of my favorite Linda Blair movies ever, and like I said, I think I might have brought this up on the show before, is called Up Your Alley, where Linda Blair is an investigative reporter who goes undercover as a homeless person to see what's going on in the homeless population. It's very stupid and very funny. <laughs> so you, you hate watch it, Travis? No, no. It's very stupid, but very funny. There's like that's how I learned how to do the, uh, you know, the thing you do with like a napkin and a spoon in a restaurant where you pretend you're blowing your nose and you shoot the spoon up. Uh, to make the napkin look like it's like flying up in the air from your when from your uh, nose blowing. No, I you don't. I, mean? I don't know this at all, Travis. Okay, I, I like the the old trick where you, you you put the salt shaker under the the napkin and then you pretend <laughs> it like you slam. You know what I mean? This Na- is not a napkin; it's a piece of paper. So, Travis, I really- think that you just doing that made me more confused. Uh. So you put a you put a, a spoon under the napkin under, under the napkin. You put it up to your face like you're gonna blow your nose. Okay. It, when you make the nose blow sounds, you shoot the spoon up so it blows the napkin in the air to make it look like you're blowing so much snot into it. Oh, and then result does that one of the it doesn't do anything. One of the other things that I I learned from that uh, particular motion picture also. Uh, taking place in a restaurant is they take the uh, paper from the straw, you know, like the the straw wrapper. Okay. Crumple crumple it up into a little ball, kind of twist it up, shove it in their nostril and slowly pull it out like it's like a big booger. This sounds like a great movie, Travis. It's a great movie, man. (laughs) You gotta check it out. (laughs) Travis, Linda Blair now just uh, does like pit bull advocacy. Like, I don't even think she has I thought you were talking about pit bull the Music guy. No, no, she's just like really into like saying, "Hey, we can have pit bulls." Shut up. That's her thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. I'm yelling timber. Get a pit bull. <laughs> you better move and get a pit bull. <laughs> so, guys, uh, Deborah Maselli, her book. It's called "The Woman Who Would Be King: The Medusa Story." It's in bookstores now. Recommended. Been reading it, Travis. It's a good time. It's a lot to cover because she's led a hell of a life, Travis. She did the wrestling and the the monster carin and uh, rode Bigfoot for a while, Travis. Fucking rode Bigfoot. That's somebody who followed their dreams and whatever came up, and they don't need a fancy signature. They just live their life. I bet she does have a fancy signature, though. I bet her signature is nice as fuck. It's probably all her own. Yeah. Yeah, we did it. Bye. Bye. Thanks. See you later. for listening to this installment of WFOD. Our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth. Please take a moment to tell a friend, share a link, leave a review, or any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. 
Music featured in this episode is by Carl Casey at Whitebat Audio. Check him out at whitebataudio.com. You can contact us with comments or questions by phone at 636-487-HAND or by email at mike at wfodicks.com, travis at wfodicks.com, or drunk at wfodicks.com. Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon sponsors, Jim Chadman, Brian Kranz, Liquid Lozenge, Valerie Carpenter, Jay Adson, and Rabbit Poundings. If you want early access to episodes, you can support the show at patreon.com slash WFODix. Our entire catalog can be found at WFODshow.com, or you can find our feed of the latest episodes on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, iHeart, or wherever else fine podcasts are found. Check us out on social media, WFOD Show on Twitter and Instagram, WFODix on Facebook and YouTube. We will return next week, but really, we're never gone. Take care. Oh, my God.